Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. What is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Oh, here's a, I had to look up some Pokemon stuff. Uh, some Pokemon stuff, yeah. That's, I mean, that's as much as I can, because my son's really into it. Okay. And. Into Pokemon? I, yeah. like Is in that all, like, did you make him into it? Is that still on TV? I thought Ash Ketchum and them, are they on Syndicate? <laughs> I mean, there's. He was watching one the other night that was from like 1999. So there's always new ones. It's the racket's pretty impressive what they do, and it's cool. It's just like little animals they make up, and it's just right for kids' imagination and adults. I mean, it's a really smart racket, but yeah. it's all nonsense too. So I can't follow a lot of it, and it's all based around, based loosely around like. Let's make a children's show around uh, the idea of like dog and cockfighting. Essentially, is like the overall theme of. I, of I didn't want to. Yeah, you're exactly right. Is it's making these little things that you have in your pocket fight your little pets? Right. Yeah. Um, which which, which like you're not said, supposed like, to do. Like well, I, I've done it a couple times with my, uh, you know, rest in peace, Finny. But you know, he was a he was a prize uh, fighting. King Charles Cavalier, uh, he his special move was when he would get into a fight, he would immediately roll over, uh, even if the uh, other animal was uh, a squirrel, he would roll over. Uh, so that was my fighting dogs. Uh, so he my, was just a loser. He yeah, he's <laughs> he just, was just like a basketball player who like tries to get the charge. That's <laughs> right. He took the charge. My in, in dog like, fighting no one was near you. He wasn't even taking the like his feet were moving. He wasn't even taking the charge like a tough guy. He was like moving back where it was like that's a block, dude. You're just kind of getting in people's way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... exactly. He was like just make it quick. Uh, was his overall strategy on yeah. any confrontation? Just kill me quickly. Which um, is that's a pretty here's that's the not a dumb, here's the softest part. Yeah, that's not a dumb fighting strategy. It'd be like if someone <laughs> comes at you, you just vomit immediately. <laughs> that's right. That's why yeah. we, uh, as a species, shit ourselves and throw up on ourselves is to make ourselves taste bad for when we're being eaten. That's uh, that's wise. Also, there's something very fun about getting to a fight and just immediately getting on the ground yourself yeah. and like giving the other person no satisfaction <laughs> just, like i want to see I've... that happen slowly like like the fight starts and you like yeah 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 no no we gonna fight we gonna fight look i'm just getting started for you i'm gonna kick it off i'm gonna get the water boiling i'm gonna be down here on the ground <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you guys that was kind of my strategy when i was growing up i was uh like i really loved the rocky movies but i more identified with the early rounds when he was getting the shit kicked out of him and so <laughs> yeah. i would like i i got beat up a lot when i was a kid and uh, i was really good at it like i would make it look dramatic when the bully kicked me in the chest like i would fly backwards uh, that may be why they they kept picking on you because they're like this, <laughs> this looks dude, awesome when yeah, we go after he Jack. really sells it. That <laughs> makes us look strong. <laughs> yes. I remember I one time in college, 
a defensive lineman wanted to fight me at a bar, and I just whispered in his ear, you can tell everyone you destroyed me tomorrow, <laughs> but I'm going to leave. And it confused him so much that I wasn't trying to, like, bow up to him because I was like, yeah. well, immediately you're going to win. Just, you can't, I can't beat you. Right. Yeah, yeah. He looked so confused. He's like, uh, just get the fuck out of here. I was like, all right. And the girl I was with, she was like, what'd you say to him? I was like, I deeply confused him is what I did. Let's go. <laughs> See, yeah, I told him what was going to happen. And yes. he immediately decided he didn't want any of that. That is exactly. That's not a lot. <laughs> I um I'm kind of the opposite. Like I'm short, so I don't know if that just always made me like have like a little Napoleonic complex or something. But like I wanted people to believe that I could fight, and I've never been in a physical altercation in my life unless mm. it was like playing with my cousins. So like I remember this one girl was like harassing me in college, and like it was really really bad. She was like mad. mad. I like stole a boyfriend. Long story short, anyway, mm -hmm. um <laughs> this is like we're children. I was like twenty. No, yeah, I was 19, I think. And um, she just kept harassing me. And so I like, this sounds insane. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this on podcast. <laughs> um, I was like, no, fuck it. I'm going to show up to her house. Because this is college. We all live like on the right. block. So right. I was like, I'm going to show up to this bitch's house so she can know that if she keeps fucking with me, I'm going to put these hands on her. And like, I could convince people that I'm an actor. Right. I can convince people I could fight, but like I never had to fight nobody. Right. And one of my friends was like, you know what you should do? You should put Vaseline on your face. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you showed up with Vaseline on your face? Yeah. It like you had a close. cut man in your corner? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, I just, mine was not really a strategy. Mine was just, uh, I had no control over my emotions. I was a very sensitive little boy. What is something you think is overrated? Overrated is binge binging t television. I don't okay. think that that's how TV is meant to be watched. Wow. Like, I think we don't. <laughs> Jack. Wow. <laughs> Strong takes. Jack no, but like, just fire takes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, okay, these, these might not be the most controversial things, but they're things that people don't think of as a television writer. It really irritates, like, because there's a huge movement in now, like, critical YouTube videos and, like, just everybody being super hypercritical of media. And I just think a lot of television isn't meant to be binged. I think we end up being antsy and we're, like, the show moved really slowly. And it's, like, did the show move slow or were you just, like, so antsy to get to the next episode so you could be done with the series? Right. So, like, I guess as a creator and as someone that is, you know, writing some of the – it just – I just don't know if all television is meant to be – I don't think our brains are meant to take it in that way. I've yeah. been finding that to be very true with I May Destroy You, where I went into it's like saving up a couple of episodes. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch three at once. But it is simply not that kind of shit. Like I after watching an episode, I'm like, I need some time. I need to process. Like it's such a good, rich show that I wouldn't wanna sit it, like it have it in one sitting, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't totally. know. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't realize that when uh, Big Bang Theory and uh, Young Sheldon first came on the air, like they were not like they were meant to be enjoyed over weeks, 
and not and uh, so in that like way all they're at actually once. Good. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like you I just hate you can't take that sort of thing in all at once. I, I, I hate I, Jack for making fun of my my takes. Like like I'm my take is like what's underrated? Like drinking water. Everyone should drink water. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a I think it's a really good point. I've definitely found myself overwhelmed by a show that is like too dense. Uh, and Big Bang Theory is not it. Yeah. It's just being a dick. I also just think people like are, if you were to recommend it, somebody like, nah, it was, it was too slow or nah, it didn't like, and I think it would have been that piece of art that literally those creators spent year, like months to a year of their life making might've been more enjoyable for you if you didn't binge it. So yeah. that's just what I'm saying as a creator. Totally. As somebody who's like in writer's rooms, does that conversation ever come up where it's just like, well, people are going to be watching this not over weeks, but over the a course of a thousand percent. In yeah. fact, yeah. the last show I worked on was at Netflix. And so we literally at the end of our episode had to have a cliffhanger so that the little five seconds it gives you before it goes to the next yeah. episode, you would you would want to watch it. You cannot have so like with network TV, it all ties up not all the time, but a lot of times the end of the episode ties up in somewhat of a uh, conclusion, like somewhat of a right. little bow that you can take with you until the next week. But um, not all the times, but Netflix, 100 percent you at the end of our final act. It's like when we don't even have acts because we don't have uh, commercials, but uh, structurally at the end of the episode, it has to be a cliffhanger for you to go into the next episode. Something I've found that is always disorienting for me is like there is between episodes, you are encouraged to not repeat information. And because that is like going to throw a listener out there like or a viewer. We're off. They're like, oh no, no, no! They just watched the last episode. You don't need to like, you know, in in the way TV used to be, where you sort of had to recap right. what happened last week at the beginning. But now it's like, yeah, don't do that. It will encourage people to turn it off because they'll feel, you know, condescended to. Yeah, but I feel like Terry Gross interviews that this is. I feel like she's a really good example of somebody who is coming from a previous media where you had to reset constantly. She's always like, if you're just joining me, this is happening and this is who I'm talking to. And in podcast form, it doesn't bother me because it just allows you to take things in at a pace that is very easy. And, you know, you're not just, I don't know, like that. I think sometimes you're right that like, it's not always bad to repeat things. Obviously you don't want to do it in a way that is like, banging people over the head but um yeah subtle. i don't know i don't know like what Big i bang theory prefer yeah. <laughs> i don't know uh, what i which i prefer but it's interesting what is something you think is underrated what is something that i think is underrated serving jury duty mm-hmm. i think mm. people need to be serving jury duty especially black and brown people young people need to stop treating jury duty like it's something like it's a punishment. Um, and I say that because uh, there are a lot of old white people that mm-hmm. love to serve jury duty. Yep. Yeah. And they use whatever they want in their brain to make decisions. And sometimes it is racism and homophobia and all of the shit that is uh, white, white supremacy. And uh, I think that a lot of people just kind of look down on jury duty and and normally I would have like a joke answer, but this is like, I really want to get like start changing people's mind about jury duty. Um, and even the one time I did in my, I think it was 10 years ago, it was like, you know, cause a lot of the times in these cases, 
in order to like, you know, prevent people from, you know, using uh, their prejudice to make judgment calls on, um, they like leave information out. And, and I served on a, as a juror on the case where it was obvious that it was two fighting boyfriends or lovers or some shit. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't say that, People were in the in the jury were confused. They were like, well, I don't understand why. And I finally was like, they're gay, you guys. They're fucking gay. Like context clues, you know? You could see it in yeah. his eyebrows. He's like a Latino raver, had those thin eyebrows. You're like, oh, he yep. is homosexual. Okay, guys, if you can't see it, I don't know what to tell you. And uh, yeah. and it was also funny because even when they were like giving their testimonies, they were like trying to hide their quote unquote gay voice. You guys know what I'm talking about. Don't even. And it was really funny because I was like, they're really trying to talk with their like white work voice and you're not fooling me with that shit. You're not fooling me with that shit. So it's weird to have a case that they were just treating it like it was like these random men attacked each other. So it what do y'all think? No, they, like, were, they were together in the car or something like I can't really remember. But they were together somehow driving his car. I was driving his car. And, you know, mm. that kind of weird. And then it turned into like, wait, so why are they going against each other? But it was very much like they right. were just mad at just, each other a year ago. And now <laughs> they're right. uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyways, so I think people should serve on. on. Anyways, well, oh, what I was trying to say was there was an old white guy who was like, I don't understand what this is about. And he was just like, this doesn't make sense. They're guilty. And I was like, how does it not make sense? And they're guilty. That shit yeah. don't make no sense. <laughs> right. sir. Assuming. Right. Yeah, it's which like, sorry, like, my reflex when I get in here and they're brown right, or exactly. black. Yeah, people people are like, my gut feeling. I'm like, your gut is racist, sir. Like, that's not a gut feeling. That's racism. Um, but- oh, really? Because my gut has been uh, on a steady diet of Sizzler buffets and Cracker Barrel <laughs> for the last 60 years. I'll have no. It's stewing in there. That racism is just stewing in your little tummy. Um, is Sizzler racist? Do we think of Sizzler as a racist restaurant? I just want to posit that to the group. I mean, what are our feelings on Sizzler? I mean, I used to fuck with Sizzler, but then I think of the people I would always see at Sizzler uh, at the North Hollywood one or the Burbank one. And I was like, hmm, not really my vibe. Not really my crowd in right. here. I mean, but that's the thing. It depends on the area you're in, right? Because right. like where, where, where I'm from, yeah, there's a lot of white people there. But like a lot of minorities, they look at it like, oh, that's somewhere nice to go. Because in that yeah. area, that, well, that is was somewhere Red nice to go. Uh, on but Ventura we had Sizzler. We had, yeah, there you go. And that's what I'm saying. Everybody has their ideas, but yeah. yeah. So it's, it's right. certainly arguable. I digress. Okay, we'll go back to the lecture at hand, which is yes, absolutely participate in jury duty because, like you said, I, a lot of people in the be like, ah, oh, man, yeah, fuck, I gotta do it. But a lot of it's the time, too, up. yeah, when really it's like, fuck, man, I could maybe actually protect yes, somebody exactly uh, and be a voice of reason against yep. maybe a group of really ignorant people who are going right. to just try and enforce their terrible worldview on somebody through the judicial system. You think about the people who are able to participate and eager to participate. Mm-hmm. It's the same people who tend to have, you know, it's like boomers who have money put away, like right. old white people and Meanwhile, California employers do not have to pay employees for any lost wages due to yep. jury duty summons. So it's like specifically designed that way. It's like yep. one of those uh, invisible ways that they kind of stack the deck. Yeah, uh, which is why it's important. Capitalism. If, yeah, exactly. Which is why it's important if you have the time, if you have the means and you are not a white person, you should. De- I mean, white people, too. I mean, especially the younger generation. They're like, you know, opening their up their eyes. They'll and their listen ears. to you. They might listen to you. Yeah. And so um, 
yeah. So if you if you have the means, I, I strongly recommend it because you can make a difference in a way that is is actually systemic. You can make a systemic yeah. difference, which is what we're talking about uh, yeah. I think on a daily basis. But then it's tough, too, because you go in there and like during selection and you show that, you know, a lot. And then like one inevitably one lawyer is like, I want them out. There's right. Like, no, which they're is gonna true. fuck the whole thing up and, for my defense or my ex- prosecution. Absolutely. Which is also why you answer those questions with that in mind. Yeah, exactly. We're right. like, uh they're like, what do you think about like what do you know about what's what's your experiences with the uh with law enforcement? And I'm like, uh Love and they're like, them? Okay, here he's he's already having to lie about this, so <laughs> right. we want him out because he is not gonna be amenable. Right. Yeah. Uh all right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. What is a myth? What's something people think is true, uh, you know, to be false or vice versa? That hard work alone will rise you above your position. Mm. That is very much a myth. Uh, It takes more than hard work. It takes intelligence. It takes opportunity. And it takes chance. Yeah. And... That's, I mean, that, those are the facts. Those are always the facts. It's like, yeah, you have to work hard, but then you also have to work smart. And then you have to, you have to take advantage of opportunities and recognize those opportunities. Like, it's not just that myth of like, if you are sweating at the end of the day, then you, right. cause, cause that's what all those guys that are born with money think too, because at the end of the day, they're tired too. So they work right. just as hard as everybody else. Yeah. Hard work is like the one thing that you alone can control. Whereas like intelligence, uh, good breaks, uh, luck, like those are things that, so I understand the focus, but then we have gone and edited all the other stuff out. Like yes. the system uh, that makes it like, 20 times more likely for somebody in one neighborhood to succeed than somebody in another. Uh, and that that's the first thing that happens when somebody's, uh, you know, success story gets written, they immediately edit out all the people who helped them along the way. And it becomes the great person narrative, like their personal triumph over adversity. Nobody believed in them. When it's it like, was no, just haters. It was just yeah. haters the whole way. Haters motivated them. Uh, and it's, yeah, that's very powerful. Uh, America loves that shit. And it's also just completely, completely untrue. It's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And I if, you wanna, if you don't think it's bullshit, look at sports. That was the first place it was clear to me when I played. When I went from high school sports to college sports being like, I'm working way harder than some of these guys, and it never will matter. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Just right. talent. Yeah. Talent. Love. Yeah. But also, I wonder if people can't let go of this narrative because then their lives seem a bit more bleak. Like, if you, you really feel you alone can't change your station in life without a, a credible amount of help, a good amount of luck, and, you know, a lot of fortune, then it kind of becomes like, wow. The place that I was born in life financially, I can't seem to increase my station. And that's supposed to be the American dream, which is why I think people love billionaires so much is the poor people who they're killing because they're like, yeah, but if I had all that money, it's like, but you don't and you won't. 
That's what we're trying to get you to realize. It's like you'd have a better chance at it if we got them to pay their fair share. But right now you have no chance and you're just like, I don't know, jacking it to the fact that maybe one day you're going (laughs) to wake up sitting on a bunch of gold coins. Well, yeah. And I I mean, to add to that point, I think a lot of it is psychologically. We don't like a lot of people don't even want to be billionaires. What they want is not to worry about if they get sick, they're going to be poor and destitute for generations because they got sick. Now their family's in debt for 200,000. I think that they just want to be able to be like, Oh, I've got a good job at this factory or whatever it is, blue collar. And I make a decent wage. I get to go to the lake on the weekends. And I'm, I mean, that was what Detroit was until they fleeced it. Right. We had all that. We had it all. It was, I mean, in Detroit, wasn't just white people. I mean, that's why it's destitute now because all the white people left and let all the black people suffer because right. that system allowed that. I just think it's like, it's so fucked that that we put all that, that, that mental success is like by money. I think that's another thing where they hijack the church too. Right. When they, I mean, when the they, church has always kind of been look. Churches are scams. Every now and then you get a nah, good one. Nah, I don't. I disagree though. One. I think a lot of churches are being run by con artists. And now, and, and, yes. Yeah, ah, ah, okay, come on now. You go back, back, even in like the 18th century. Like the church would be in cahoots with the government. Like there's always been. Tur- I'm you not know, talking scam about system. I'm talking churches. about community building. That's no, what, now, like that's, what that's our different. mamas talk about when they go to church. They're not talking about that. They're talking about they go see their friends. That's their community. Now, that was hijacked by a bigger system that started preaching to them about gays and abortion for political gain. For a long time, that was not their their whole scam was just like, I live a little better life than my flock. That was their whole scam. Right. Right. And, I, and now it's, you know, mega churches. And it's not, that's yeah. not to say that you can't have a big church or you can't be rich in the name of Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that once, you know, you start swiping your credit card at the altar, a thing, uh, uh, things complicated. Yeah. Wait, that's a thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, uh. like when you do, um, I don't want to call it the specific church, but there's a big mega church in Dallas where like, yeah, when you do tithing, like, which makes sense, like, it's, you know, it's more efficient or whatever. But yeah, the credit card swiper comes down the aisle. I mean, yeah, that does make sense. And we prefer you have the one that you can just tap it. It just feeds everything (laughs) up. (laughs) Now it's like more tasteful and from your phone. And so you put your card info in your phone and then you just do it through the phone. But I remember distinctly as a kid seeing a swiper. (laughs) that's I need a giving app for my shows. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's yeah. his name. Okay, <laughs> under his eye. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get into some stories. Uh, I do want to talk about the Elijah McClain story. Uh, this is one that we've brought up and been like, I I can't even like look at the videos. They make me cry. There's a video where he walks in, and people at his job are having a surprise party for him. And he's just such, uh, he's like so clearly moved by the fact that these people are having history's most half-assed surprise party for him. It's like two people and a cake. And he's just like 
I don't know. It's you cry when you watch it and and know what happens to him. You see the police body cam footage of them running up on him. He's holding his hands out in fear uh, and sort of instinctual defensiveness and just like, oh no no, I'm I'm what what's happening. They put him in a chokehold that is designed to deprive your brain of oxygen until you pass out. Uh, then the paramedics injected him with ketamine uh, when they arrived, and he died on the way to the hospital. You know, a combination of all the ways that institutional racism dehumanizes black human beings. They didn't see a kind, gentle human being, uh, which is what you get from just like watching two seconds of a video of him. If they had just stopped to hear a single word he was saying, uh, but they somehow saw a threat. Uh, the paramedics didn't treat his body like a human's body. They shot it full of an unsafe amount of tranquilizers, which is, you know, the medical industrial complex we're realizing is, I mean, a lot of people aren't just realizing it, but it's becoming more uh, evident to mainstream culture that there is a huge institutional racism problem in medicine. Yeah. Why did they tranquilize? I don't understand that. Because he I, was already restrained, correct? Yeah. Uh, the same reason that, you know, these white folks do anything that they do. The cruelty is the point. Also, at the time that they were, I believe that department was experimenting with using ketamine as a tranquilizer, which is so bizarre to me that you think you can run experiments on people that you found on the fucking street. But I mean, that's the history of black folks when it comes to medicine. You know, yeah. like we've always Tuskegee. been experienced. Yeah, Tuskegee. Hell, they're trying to do it with fucking COVID. Yeah. Like, hey, black people, y'all first. No, no. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Henrietta Lacks, steal our DNA, use it for fucking Zentry. <laughs> Like, it's so it's just really disgusting. And I'm just like, I don't know if there's any humanity left in a lot of these white folks. And it's so, so disappointing to see that there's just because I mean, if you if we all are traumatized from slavery, there has to be some kind of trauma as well on the white side of like we, you know, grew up with uh, cruel watching cruel figures put their foot on the necks of other people. And that was normalized for so long. I mean, people were having barbecues around hanging black bodies. Like, so you can't tell me that kind of psychological trauma hasn't been passed down with these racist white folks as well. And at this point, it's just, you see the videos, nobody cares. Breonna Taylor got murdered in her home. No one has a good excuse for that. Her killers are still running free and black women rarely get justice. And it's so fucking disgusting. Yeah. Um, but the with the Elijah McClain thing, uh, people staged a kind of a beautiful protest. He used to play the violin for uh, cats in an animal shelter uh, to help them sleep at night uh, just because he's like literally the most gentle human being to ever exist. And so people staged a protest where they were playing violin in the park uh, to honor his memory. And these, the police just roll in like stormtroopers start grabbing, hitting people while people are like, you know, playing violin saying no, no. And now we learned in the past few days that three officers uh, have been suspended from that same police force uh, because they were reenacting the chokehold on the memorial people had set up where Elijah McClain was murdered by the police. And, I don't know. We have a new show on our network with Bear Tunde Thurston called We're Having a Moment where he talks uh, to an activist and photographer who was at the early protests in Minneapolis and talking about the protests functioning as sort of memorials for 
you know, the hundreds of black men and women and children who are needlessly murdered by the police, like Mike Brown's mother and Eric Garner's, uh, one of his parents are at the protests and, uh, you know, I, I've seen people kind of like a small movement starting to kind of turn a lot of these protests into a memorial for Elijah McClain. And I think that's, I don't know. I think that needs to, like, I think that's a good strategy because there's just no way to look at this story without realizing, you know, what we're talking about, what, just how, how stark it is, like how, like that is just as cartoonishly evil as like Bull Connor, as like the shit that we were seeing in the sixties that I think a lot of uh, white people had convinced themselves doesn't exist anymore. Um, I, I, I'm just hoping that like something can come out of that story because it's, it's just fucking unbelievable. Yeah. There are no words. There are really no words right now for me. Um, the, there's no defense. No. Yeah. It it seems like the only instances where we're seeing any kind of justice have been when things were on fire. <laughs> yeah. And and peaceful protests, I, you know, news isn't covering them anymore because the cops are no longer for the most part out there inciting violence, which obviously that's why this Elijah story brought that back into the mainstream is because they showed up like goddamn stormtroopers when folks were just playing violins in the park and being sad. Um so, What a terrible move, I think, too. Just Oh yeah, nonstop. They just can't help themselves. It's like which... my friend uh, Mamadou has a joke about that, where he was like, "We're like, please, guys, we d- no more police brutality." And they were like, "Oh, you, you don't want police brutalities? We'll smoke a whole pack of police brutalities." <laughs> like, we, like, like we were like, "Please stop!" And they were like, "Oh, we we could actually do more." Like, right. Like, no, that's not. Yeah, I think my thing is like, but the white liberal thing to me was very clear when I moved to Seattle, Washington from the South was that I thought I was going to this, this fucking liberal oasis where I could really do some cool stuff. And what Mm. I found out when I got there is that yes, they are liberal as hell. If you have (laughs) $250,000, if you, if you, if you have that ante in, you can be in this liberal oasis where they don't care what you look like, what, you who you fuck where you come from anything as long as you can play this game that they're playing but that's the way they see it they do not understand poor people and they mm. i don't know how to make them i mean they don't understand black people either you know, that's what i know like... no, they just see black people <laughs> as poor people that's the thing that's the thing in seattle they kept calling the black neighborhood the ghetto when i moved there and i was like there is no ghetto in seattle that's where black people live. That's a nice neighborhood, you pieces of shit. Right. Oh, yeah. And I've had so many well-meaning, you know, liberal white folks uh, try to talk to me about childhood. And they'll be like, yeah, well, you know, we were a kid and y'all doing the dozens and, you know, you, <sighs> you, you get you getting quarter waters. And I was like, I didn't grow up poor. Like, no shade. <laughs> no shade. But how you just go assume because I'm black? They're like, you know how it is when you scratching and surviving. Are you quoting good times to me? but they have the same racist issues it's just they're more micro and not micro because they're still harmful but it's like little shit that they're doing 
every day and fucking ruining your psyche. You know what I mean? You get a job. They're like, ah, good for you. Cause you know, white, white comedians out here with white men, we ain't getting no jobs. It's like, no, the room is there's, there's nine other white men. And, and, and then there's me like, you know, like, and that's the kind of thing you get on the left. So it's like, we've been just fucked all around. <laughs> oh, it's your point of like, how do we rally up, you know, everyone who's being marginalized by society? It's just, I don't know. I'm still, I would love to do it, but it just seems like the cruelty one is the point for a lot of these people. And two, like people would just rather have someone to look down on than be able to be successful with. Yes. I I 100% agree. I think that's a problem is that they need to feel better than someone. Yeah. And they're also not, terribly educated people so if they can look at one group of people that looks different and has less than them there they can be like well i'm not them where they don't understand like yo other poor people aren't holding you back that's not how that works right that's the fundamental thing i think it's an education thing and i just keep preaching like fundamentally if we take care of all poor people the whole system it's okay look at it as a plant or a house right if your foundation is fucked the whole thing is fucked if the roots are fucked the whole thing is fucked there might be a one really cool part of it but the whole thing's gonna come down and that's i i think a lot of it also goes back to white liberals and uh how they have treated um that rural marginalized white community as well with just complete disdain and you know dehumanizing or treating them as stupid and not engaging with it and with them as as human beings that has allowed that community to then be prey to forces like you know the fox news and the uh donald trump's like i i do think a lot of it goes back to like a lot of the shit that they claim about white liberals in the mainstream media is absolutely 100 percent true um and you know that's that allows uh the the sort of dividing of of uh you know communities who don't who are being marginalized uh and it's you know, well, and I, it speaks to a problem the left has. I think the biggest problem the left has is there is a communication issue between the classes on the left. Absolutely. Is that the, the upper class is constantly policing the lower class about language and how they speak and their jokes and things like that where they don't understand that you don't understand blue-collar people communicate different. Mm. Like me having a job in corporate America was totally different than me being a server or in back of the house at a restaurant. And I made more money being a server. <laughs> right. So yeah. it it's that's an issue that the left needs to talk about too. Now the right, we need to accept that they don't give a fuck about being hypocrites. They think right. that's funny when we call them that. They don't give a shit. They just want a response to whatever we have to say at them. That's all it is. Most of them at this point, most Trumpers, if we're being honest, there's about 30% of our country that are pure 
assholes. Doesn't matter. Color, creed, sex, gender. We just got 30% motherfuckers. And all they want is a response to make you mad. That's their whole life. We've got to stop arguing with them. That's all they want. It's an abusive relationship. It's like the cops where we're like, hey, like peacefully, we're like, hey, you guys are being, you're little much. And their response is like, we're a little much. Fuck you. (laughs) I'll show you a little much. Kind of what we're talking about. I'll show you a lot much. (laughs) That's that's it. That's, yeah. But you're right. It's not, it's not enough for some people. They're like, it doesn't matter how many George Floyds or Breonna Taylor there are like they're never because like they want the cops to keep other you know they want the cops to keep everybody well the, the brown people down um because that's the whole point is that for them to protect property and to keep the white areas white and they're doing a great job at that you know what i mean they're not policing their own neighborhoods they're no, not they're not no that's <laughs> another huge problem you need to yeah. live in that community yeah no so. one went to shoot andy griffith because he lived in that community and he kept that community cool and he didn't right. have to wear a gun Barney, we need less Barneys up there is what we need. Mm. Uh, All right, let's take another quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. What is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Oh, this was fun. So it was actually a Google image search, and... I, it was of basically the president of the United States. And I just wanted to remind myself that it's like all white men. It's like Mm. a really striking image. It's, and it's kind of creepy. It's just like, it looks cult-like because like 40% of America is like non-white. So like to have like 44 white men over the course of like what, 244 years is like creepy. So I just, it's a striking image. I wanted to see it. Well, there's some diversity of facial hair there. You know, like a, couple of, <laughs> a couple of chin strap beards and uh, mustaches. So a lot of you know, lot of diversity in right. the in the white male demographic. Some of the guys weren't completely gray when they entered office, mm-hmm. so that was some some diversity there. It's like there uh, the Bill blonde? Simmons diversity of his his writers' room is diverse uh, in its thoughts. <laughs> it's diverse in thought. Um, I don't think we have had a blonde president. That's a great question. Like a Robert Redford or that's right. Sort of is Trump technically blonde or is he a you know redhead? What? I think he is blonde. I think he's like strawberry blonde. Oh my god, this is why we shouldn't have blonde presidents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, we we elected like eighties movies were right. Blonde guys are all like evil villains, and we elected one and look at it. I mean, look, look at him. Reason why, like, you know, every time Satan is like personified as a human or born as a human. He has like blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna Google Google like the president of the US and like look at a colored picture of it. It's like super creepy. Yeah, it's wild. It looks like a bunch of cloned photographs. Have you seen the uh <laughs> the artist who <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of that, but the uh artist who paints herself uh having sex with all the different presidents? No, I have never oh. heard of this woman. What the hell? Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, is she doing different positions with the presidents? Yeah, I know she is. Like a, <laughs> you, who's a, who's a giver and who's a who's a taker? That's I want to know what these That's you know who who's question. a generous lover. Yeah, I'd imagine I, Obamas would be good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Except I think <laughs> it's a lot of like the older ones, like not Obama, oh, which like Taft. Would be... I don't want to see Taft fucking. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wrecking I don't want to yuck Taft. anyone's yum. You know, maybe. You know. Well, Maybe there's some people who want to see a little jiggle, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's not it. He just was not attractive to me. It ain't got nothing to do with his weight. I, I I wonder if she has Lincoln with the hat on. Like, does Lincoln fuck with the hat on? <laughs> that's a great question. I I would make him. Uh, the <laughs> artist's name is Justine Lai. Um, it, it is amazing how many of the people. Uh, I, I think that is Taft. She has one where she's like kind of being held delicately in the arms of a rather large bald man. Um, but mm. she's also, you know, has George Washington in there. Uh, yeah. What about Andrew those guys Jackson. with the wigs? Like, I know. With the powdered right? white wigs. Like you what gotta happens? leave the wig on. Wig on. Yeah. Wig stays on. What well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It, could you imagine they take it off and it's just all like matted and, Natty, oh. like gray hair. And, do they pin it down? Pattern? What was yeah. the technology? The wig? Did they? They didn't have lace fronts back then. Mm-mm. Yeah, it no. was just sitting oh, on I, your head, and it smelled yeah, bad. Just wobbling around up there. Yeah. <laughs> I used to. I read somewhere that it was like also like if you had syphilis, you would just wear a wig so that people didn't know you had syphilis. Oh I really? Know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, definitely fact check that, guys, because I'm not a historian. <laughs> but I like. I think it was in a TV show that I was in. Oh, interesting. Damn, that's what. That's how Lacey's got it right now. She's like, I think one of the many TV shows I was <laughs> in uh, busted this myth. <laughs> As we do on this show, we wanted to check in with a meme that was circulating uh, days ago. So days after it's relevant. Uh, Second-rate energy. Second-rate energy of our second-rate podcast. Uh, (laughs) But I did just kind of start thinking about it last night. And also, uh, you know, the preponderance of uh, evidence from these memes. I, I now have some different snacks that I'm interested in trying uh Mm -hmm. so i wanted to you know perform this service uh for for the audience Uh, it is a service and you're welcome uh so i wanted to talk about the the gas station meal meme uh what is your gas station meal what is the food that you will put together if and only if you're in a gas station like what are some things that you only buy there um i can start off you can uh, please, please start the start the conversation. So gas station is really the only place these days that I ever drank full sugar Mountain Dew. Um, wow. Usually it's a Mountain Dew Zero these days or a Diet Mountain Dew uh, in my personal life. Often I will indulge in a code of some color uh, when I am at a gas station. Okay, could you give an example of a code color? Uh, red is one of oh, them. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. a classic. Uh, I think there was a blue at some point. I, I think those uh, varietals might have more caffeine and sugar in them. I know that Baja Blast does. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, so Mountain Dew is a strictly gas station indulgence at this point, and I will I will sometimes get those like big old the big old ones, the tall boys, the <laughs> <laughs> the wide mouth tall boys, and then so I I realize I only get peanuts in those like tall thin bags. Uh, in sure. gas stations when I'm looking for a healthy healthy snack. 
Do you get the spicy ones? I like the spicy peanuts. I like the spicy those... ones too. I like the honey yeah. roasted. So mm. not feeling too healthy, but just more healthy than flaming hot Cheetos, which is what I get <laughs> when I'm I'm not feeling healthy, and I only get those at gas stations. And then finally, uh, big cup Reese's with the Reese's pieces inside. Uh, mm. Those are my gas station picks. And then any icy or slushy or slurpy varietal, love them. <laughs> Good use of the word varietal. <laughs> love to I, use varietal. When this meme was coming around, this for okay, this for me was like, uh, you know, when someone like. It's like when your friend gets into your thing, and then all of a sudden they're talking about your thing, and you're like, "Wait, hold on, this was yeah. my thing." There, that's how I felt about the gas station meme because I've like, I I eat almost exclusively at the gas station. I know every item. I know where it is. I <laughs> wow, know, like, amazing. I have my friends there, and so for people to just like pop up and be like, "Hey, I've eaten a chip before." For me, I'm like, okay, like congratulations on your chip but we've been out here like we've been at the gas station for years and years yeah so <laughs> that being said <laughs> there's so much more I, I feel like people are really like going to they're like i have a chip i have a chip and a sip or and sometimes if i'm feeling you know out of control i'll have a hot dog okay there are so many good options at the gas station i'm a 7-eleven person currently but i've been mm. other you know i used to be a cumberland farms back in the day like there's a, there's places you can go am to pm a lot of options what you can get that is good at 7-eleven is their salads salads <laughs> are wow. expensive especially in los angeles salads are very expensive and so you you find yourself saying i wish i could get a salad for five dollars where would a salad for five dollars be 7-eleven the ingredients are pretty much fresh there is <laughs> more other things than lettuce in it but it's good and it's never made me sick that's important gas station sushi never gotten sick but never enjoyed it necessarily there's right. there's so many options you can eat vegan at a 7-eleven i don't think we're legally it's allowed to fact. recommend 7-eleven sushi like i think our legal department would uh, <laughs> have have an objection to that because we might kill i'm someone. gonna get i get called out every time but it's not like it gen I mean, I don't eat it anymore. I've moved on to the salads. But that, you know, that you can get a healthy option and a Diet Dr. Pepper and then get out of there. Well, you can have the sushi that doesn't have sushi in it, which is yeah, what no I fish. do sometimes. Oh, it'll be okay, like good. the rice and then it'll have avocado and cucumber. Right. Yeah. So You're not getting so like a go. rainbow roll with uh, all the different types of fish? Just no, you're just <laughs> carb loading like crazy. Yeah. But... <laughs> So Diet Dr. Pepper and salad DDP. and sushi are, are your picks, Jamie? DDP, salad, uh, if, you're, if you're like, if you're needing a little extra something, uh, I would throw in some, uh, some may maybe a chip, maybe a chip, yeah. or maybe one of their, um, whatchamacallit, their weird, like, Like I don't rollers? Know. The, the things the that rollers. they sell on the Anything rollers, yeah. People get a little nervous around the rollers, but I say give it a shot and see, you know, see, and then take a COVID test a couple of days later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, they should be sold together as like an extra value meal. <laughs> they should, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Danny. What, what is your gas station meal? 
Well, I'm going to one-up you, Jack, because I get the healthy Mountain Dew, oh. which is Kickstart. It's the one that has yeah. vitamins in it. Those I, would, I would have picked that if I didn't buy them by bulk at Ralph's. So uh, <laughs> I, I can't say that's an exclusively gas station thing. I um, There's some fancy gas stations in West Hollywood that only I would be down there if I had to take a meeting um, and was forced to go down there. But... Um, the baked peas, which are healthy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The ones that you're supposed to put on your salad, but I never do that. I just eat the entire bag. Right. And your fingers get all like, Jamie, do you know what I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. Do they have okay. like wasabi, the wasabi yes. peas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That Those are and great. like the sea salt ones. Um, mm-hmm. I also only at gas stations get Fiji water because I want to feel <gasps> rich. <laughs> That is, oh, that's like going to the hair cuttery in Beverly Hills. You're like, it's like, like it is technically a really fancy thing to do. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's just the same as all the other water in there. But for some reason at gas stations, I specifically get Fiji water and I leave feeling good about myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Just treat yourself <laughs> once in a while to a rich person thing. You know, and how much are they? They're like the tiny little bottles are like I think six dollars or something. So six dollars, and you can feel rich as hell. Are they really six dollars? <laughs> are they're, they? They're like five to six dollars, right? The the big ones get pretty expensive. I'll occasionally okay. flex and get like one of those tiny little chameleon coffee cans if yeah. I'm feeling like a millionaire. I'll just yeah. like strut in. Yeah. I don't know. There is something very strange about anytime I am at the 7-Eleven and like everything is rung up and it costs over $10, you're like, something's wrong. <laughs> something's <You know>? gone wrong. <laughs> it you can happen the, though. It's happened to me. The, the cashier look at each other like with disbelief. <laughs> Wait, what? It only what happens happened? a few times a day. That people and you're are, not buying unless, a carton of cigarettes? Right, unless you're getting like White Claw or like cigarettes. That's that's how you crack the, the two... Honestly, nuts are very expensive. Yeah. Like the mm. caramel roasted almonds or some stuff. I mean, mine is the just good like, ones, yeah. yeah. Um, and I would say dried mango, but I'm pretty sure it's like Ooh. dipped in sulfuric acid, like, you know, yeah. to keep it good. <laughs> like never look at the back of those dried fruit things. But I'll sometimes dip into uh, like a rock star, a diet rock star, the the like textured white mm-hmm. can. Right. Those can be Size fun. Of a above ground Some pool. Stroop waffles. They sell like packs of two Stroop uh, waffles. Love a Stroop waffle. Uh, also, Rockstar like, oh, rock has a healthy, I think, a healthy in quotes. I they think, have a drink. healthy. But if you want to treat yourself, get yourself some red vines, bite off the top, mm. put it into your rock star, and that's your funky, silly straw. Wow. So, and it's saving the environment. So, I used to love to do that when I was like trying to look flirty. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> having a candy straw and then being like, hi, like that. that was, <laughs> does that resonate with anybody? It's going to make your road trip to see your stepdad that you hate like that much better. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.